everyone, it's time for episode 45 and another topic I'm super keen on and will always push people to explore more and get more from. That topic is customer service. And with me today, I've got Charlotte Purvis, a customer service consultant and developer and author of the customer communication formula. Customer service is obviously really important to a business, kind of just generally, but I see a lot of businesses really undervalue it and fail to exploit the real power of the opportunities that customer service can provide. You know, this is the one team that speaks one-to-one with your customers on a daily basis. So it's not just great for fixing customer problems or identifying delivery issues. It's it's the most powerful source of feedback your business has, and it's the best source of ideas and feedback for improving that customer experience. Before I get into this too much, though, let's get Charlotte on to explain the importance of customer service. Hi, Charlotte. Thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Could you give give us a bit of your bit of your background, um, what you've been up to over the years, um, and what's led you to, to kind of what you're doing today? Absolutely. Well, first of all, Will, thank you so much for the invitation to join you on this podcast. And it is always a pleasure to share that I have spent over 20 years as a customer service consultant. And if you're asking why I do what I do, it's because my clients actually um found themselves in situations where they were starting contact centers and uh, beginning to be more focused on their customers. They knew that I had expertise in business communication and so forth. And so they, they were the ones who came to me and said, can you help us with our contact center needs? And of course I said, yes. And um, I find that I am very passionate about the way we communicate with customers, the way we treat customers, and over these 20 years have been fortunate to share my expertise with my clients and help them uh, create best-in-class customer service, I'm proud to say. Yeah, excellent. I I mean, I I think customer service is such such an incredible, incredibly important part of the business, but I do think it gets a bit overlooked at times. I I think companies tend to put it in place. Once it's in place, it will just sit there and do its thing. Um, you know, I, I specialize in customer value optimization. And while I consider myself a marketer primarily, I do see customer service as part of that and how uh, either they can give customers a better experience, which then leads to loyalty and engagement, or you get that feedback, which can then be fed into the marketing, uh, the marketing mix to improve things over there. I guess, tell us a bit about customer service. What should brands be doing? What are some of the basics and what can brands be doing to take it to that next level? Yes, good place for us to start. So especially right now, Will, in light of the global crisis that we find ourselves in, what I am recommending is that we really take a step back and listen to our customers in a way that we've not listened to them before. Because what what I like to share is that what I like to share with my, my, my clients, I mean, is that, um, you know, let's say, for example, in the U.S., let's say that if we if there is an area of the U.S. that's affected by a flood or let's say a hurricane. Well, then that's just a one segment, one area, one state and so forth in the U.S. But what we're going through right now. Is global. That means every single person who contacts us for customer service are experiencing this global crisis. So there is no better time than now for us to step back, 
talk to our customers and learn what is really going on with them and how our customer service is or is not meeting their needs today. So that is definitely something that I would recommend. And also, I'm I'm hoping that we'll want to experience our customer service ourselves. Now, in the U.S., there is a, a television show, a popular television show that was on called Undercover Boss. And uh, I'm sure your listeners know about that. And uh, yeah, you, I think um, yeah. I think we have we've had a similar show or two here as well. Yes, uh, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So while we all can't appear on that television show, we can create our own undercover boss situations where I want everyone who's leading customer service in an organization. I'm recommending that they also experience some aspect of the customer service. I mean, we'll even write down to the IVR, to the interactive interactive voice response. I mean, dial it yourself, listen to it, see if it works. So it's as you can tell for me right now, it's all about the customer. Most of the time we have the processes and procedures. Most of my clients, I mean, they have that down pat. So my my statement to them now is let's be completely customer focused, especially while we're in this global crisis. Yeah, absolutely agree. Um, I think you're you're right. Uh, You know, I I think it's really important that, well, everyone in the business, and I know it's more difficult at bigger businesses, but I definitely recommend people actually get involved in customer service themselves. So sit on the phones, sit on live chat, get some emails out. But yeah, you're right. Go, go to the other side of it and actually get in touch with customer service yourself to see what that experience is like. Um, particularly, like I like the fact you mentioned those uh, the phone. What are they called interactive voice? Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the interactive voice response. You know, when we when I call your yeah. company wheel and you know your call is very important to me. Please press one, press two. Yeah, I want everybody to call that and experience it themselves. Yeah, and I, I feel like a lot of the time that's clearly never happened because there's no way someone prepared that and then thought this is perfect. I love this. Everyone's going to love pressing number after number and then getting stuck. The amount of times I don't want to rant about this, but the number of times I get to the end of the options and there's no way to go back. And suddenly I found myself in the wrong place and I have to put the phone down and start again. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. and And the other big issue big uh big kind of pet peeve with this is people not knowing when you do get through to an agent or get through to your kind of destination people not knowing why you've got there the but the agent doesn't seem to know the process you've gone through and the answers you've given and so you know you might go through five or six different options thinking okay i've i've told this company i want to speak about uh my my account my latest bill, but I have a question about the bill. I don't want to pay it. Get all the way through to the agent. And it's just, how can I help you today? Yes. Yes. And I can tell you that customer surveys continue to show us that customers do not like repeating. And they definitely expect across channels that we are tracking everything that's happening with them. So for example, if a customer sends us an email and then gives us a telephone call, then the expectation is that the person answering the telephone call will have access to that email as well. 
Yeah. They don't want to do all that work for us. They want us to do the work as customer service professionals. So you make a good point there. Yeah. And I, so I've never been involved in the te- any of the technical setup or anything, but um, one thing I've noticed a lot of the time is when you get transferred from one department to another, again, it's, it's almost as if they've, they've got no clue why you're, why you've been put through. So the person you've spoken to obviously hasn't put any notes in, but they've also not communicated to the team that you're passing on to that you're being passed on to them. And for this reason, it does seem to be literally, I can't help you press the forward button, that department off you go. And, and it, yeah, like you said, you don't want to repeat it, but you end up having to do that. Um, Absolutely. But, it, yeah, but it's the, just, it's now the correct department to explain your problem to. That's right. And that's that's um, giving too much um, responsibility to our customers. I can tell you without hesitation that all of what you just described, that's our job. That's not the customer's job to manage all of that. It's our job to manage our interactions with our customers. And when we place that responsibility on them, I can tell you they get frustrated. And what we're learning in customer service surveys is that the customers are using those experiences, Will, to determine whether or not they want to do business with us. In fact, as you and I have talked about, I, I enjoy reading the surveys, the customer surveys from gladly.com. And um, one of the things that we learn in those surveys is that um, the customers want us to manage those interactions and that um, I think it's about three-fourths of them are using these interactions to, to determine whether or not they want to do business with us going forward. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely think um, it's it's one of those experience touch points where a slightly worse experience on a website or even in a store is offset by a really good customer service that makes you think. Right, if I I might have had to go through a couple of extra steps to make my purchase or my inquiry or whatever, but I know that if I have a problem, I can get in touch and they're going to fix it. Yes. Um, so just on Gladly, um, is that are those surveys that you've kind of actioned through gladly or do they publish these? Um, yes. So, yes, I'm proud to say that I am. I follow gladly on Twitter and um, they do some of the finest customer surveys. Um, they make them available to the general public. You do not have to be um, a client of theirs. And I just appreciate them and want to make sure that, you and your audience know about them as a resource. I have no other connection to Gladly except the fact that I follow them and I am a huge fan. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, I'll definitely have to check them out. Um, that's definitely something I want to look into myself. Yes. Um, are there any misconceptions within a business about the role of customer service? Yes, there are misconceptions. And one is that c- customer service belongs to one department or one area. Um, and you know that I'm sure you've you've heard that before that that theme that you know every single person in the organization is an unofficial or official customer service representative or customer service professional. So, for example, let's let's say we have a a um, a company and a small company, and the customer service person is out for the day. Let's use that as an example. And someone calls 
Well, guess what? That person who calls doesn't understand all the logistics about and all the you know the, the the logistics about you know someone's out today. She you know she didn't leave me any notes. They don't they don't care about all of that. While the person who answered the phone in the place of that customer service professional is not trained in customer service, we definitely want that person to be courteous and professional, even if we don't have the answer to what the customer is calling for. The expectation is that person would still treat that customer with the utmost courtesy and be professional. So the truth of the matter is, my recommendation is that every single person in an organization um, will go through customer service 101 because because all of us are responsible for how we treat and relate to our customers. So that's one misconception. Another misconception is that customer service is just about the process and procedures. So in other words, you'll find an organization who has spent a lot of resources making sure they have the proper proper procedures, proper uh, protocol in place. However, they forgot about one important element, and that's the people. That customer service is first about people. And so making sure that all of your customer service training is infused with that sense of people to people, because that's what customers tell us they expect. Even when, interestingly, Will, even when they receive an email or a chat or a text, the, the surveys continue to show that they want that same experience that they would have with a human being. In other words, they still want the courtesy. They still want the professionalism. So the another misconception is that customer service is process and procedure driven. And my recommendation, and I'm sure recommendation of other cu- customer service uh, consultants, is that the goal is to be more people-centered. So those would be two that um, I would invite your listeners to really pay attention to in their organizations. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, it's definitely noticeable when you get an email through, which it might still be automated, but at least they've, at least they've templated it in a way, which is a very friendly tone of voice. Um, and, And you do feel like someone probably has written that for you. It's so much better than the, the kind of, uh, like templated emails you get, which are very much very functional, you know. And um, I suppose that even goes for the the, auto, the you know the kind of confirmation email that your your email was received. Mm-hmm. You know, when you get an email saying, "Oh, we've received your inquiry, we'll get back to you within seventy two hours or something," you know, there's opportunity there to go to go a bit further and actually be be friendly about it. Maybe explain why there's a seventy two hour wait. Mm-hmm, or exactly. whatever you know there's there's opportunities there to to make the customer feel better uh, about it because a lot of the time and it, it's not every case but a lot of the time the customer's getting in touch because they're not happy yes exactly and you know what's interesting about that is that um regarding tone tone is very important as we know on the telephone when we're using our voice for for customer service but what i share as well is that Customers don't just hear tone like in our voices. Customers also experience tone in our written messages. 
So yes, our email, our chat messages, they all have tone and the customers can can detect that. And for some customers, that is important because that's what they use to process the information in terms of the integrity, the sincerity of the message. We use tone to determine that. So, um, so whether it's in writing or whether it's our voice uh, in customer service, let's all pay attention to tone. Very important. Yeah. And it, it, can, it can be a case of one word making a big difference. Just, you know, if you've got the choice between two words on how to to write a sentence, there could be one word that everyone will just take differently and maybe in a more negative way. It's, it's possible that, you know, there'll be a, a, a variety of responses to it. Um, yes. But you just exactly. got to really think, like, are you being a bit blunt with the message? Could you be a bit friendlier? Um, you know, I... I know that when I when I was working in-house, I used to go over my internal emails quite a lot because I just wanted to make sure that I wasn't annoying people. Because um, my my approach was quite short, blunt, to the point emails. So I would go through just tweaking the odd word here and there to make sure there was a friendly tone of voice to it. So that people can understand that I wasn't just demanding things and, and moving on. Absolutely. So if I can add there, Will, uh, one way to make our written communication address this issue of tone is one of my recommendations is the use of courtesy phrases. So instead of uh, go to the website and there you'll find such and such uh, to change that to please visit our website. And when you get to XYZ page, you will notice the form is there. So just the use of courtesy phrases, please Thank you. Um, we look forward to hearing from you. Just those simple phrases or courtesy phrases, I call them, will make a huge difference in your written communication. Yeah, definitely. And I, I do think, um, and obviously this, this is something that's going to be really difficult to overcome, but uh, if it's not even if English isn't your native language, there's, there's a difference between the way you would write things in America and the way I would write things. And so even though you don't mean to offend someone or, or whatever, or, or come across as blunt or whatever, you know, it, it might be an acceptable way of writing it where you're from, but that just might not translate to the person you're speaking to. Um, and that's really, really difficult to, to overcome. That's a I good think. point. Very good point. Yes. Um, so uh, I suppose we talked about some of the basics earlier yeah are there any extra kind of big mistakes you see or common mistakes see except from obviously forgetting about the people side which which you mentioned earlier but um just those mistakes you see pop up quite frequently yes so let's talk about that um one of them believe it or not has nothing to do with the actual customer interaction it has to do with the hiring process will i I've been in situations where I was conducting training for um, some recently hired people and I've been flabbergasted. I, I didn't understand how they passed the hiring process based on just what they demonstrated with me in training. Um, so I have now begun to talk to my clients more about 
you know, what are we doing in our hiring process? Does the best way I can say it is, is the, the vision and the branding that we have for our customer service. Do we hire for that or what are we hiring for something else? In other words, it's important for that to show up your vision, your branding, let that show up even when you are making those selections about who is going to join your team. And I, I've been fascinated by this, like like a lot of people use, um, as you know, a lot of companies use um, telephone for customer service. And I will often ask ask the question, did you have an opportunity to listen to this new associate, new uh, employee on the telephone before you hired them? And the answer would be no. So I said, well, if we're going to use telephone for customer service, how about if we have a scenario during the hiring process so we can hear them how they conduct themselves on the telephone? So um, some of our customer service challenges begin in the hiring process. And secondly, again, not, not speaking yet about the customer, but some of our customer service challenges begin with our leadership because if you have a leader who is focused on just the process, the procedures, the profitability, and don't really have um, an eye on the people part of customer service, then you're probably going to have an organization that does the same. And that's what I say is that customer service actually begins with the leadership. So those are two areas where we can all step back and uh, take a look at our hiring process as well as take a look at our leadership to see if there is alignment with our overall vision, our branding, and our strategy for customer service. Yeah, I think, um, I I guess it kind of links back to what we were saying earlier about uh, maybe customer service is undervalued and just seen as a a function in the business which just needs to be put in place and it's just going to do its thing and that's it. Um, so there is less consideration about how um, how it impacts on the brand and how you in, in, integrate brand with it. Um, possibly is another issue related to the employing, the, the yeah, the employing of people in customer service. Is it seen as a bit of a, I guess, like, like low skill entry level role that, as long as you can kind of browse the website, find the information, work a bit of a CMS or, or a customer service tool, as long as you can function like work a computer, you can do this job. Therefore, you know, as long as you don't come across as a terrible person in the interview, you'll get the job. That's a that's a great point, Will. And and I think about it this way: that the customer service professionals are interacting with your customers. Every single day, they are representing your organization. They are representing your brand. So, for example, if you are a CEO of an organization, just think that customer will likely never speak with you. So you have these people on the telephone in your customer service um, area who are representing you. They are representing your company. They're representing your brand and so forth. So I say if we were ever going to invest in training and development, I feel I make a compelling case for us to 
provide heavy investment in our customer service professionals. I have so much respect for the work that they do. And I am very clear about the fact that that customer service area, whether it's one person or a hundred people or a thousand people, uh, the way I describe it is I said that is the heartbeat of your company, of your organization. And um, again, we'll, I, I make a compelling case for um, making sure that we're providing the best training, leadership development opportunities for them and giving them the utmost respect in our organizations. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not just the fact that they're, they are the face of the brand really, you know, that they're the, they're the ones who, who customers end up speaking to. Um, but also they have to put up with a lot. Yes. You know, I imagine it wouldn't surprise me if the majority of customer contacts uh, via, well, maybe not the majority, maybe that's a bit pessimistic, but a large number of customer contacts are unpleasant. Uh, for, for customer service agents it, it, it's, it's probably higher and lower in different I- industries i imagine but you know every day they're going to be putting up with unpleasant people on the phone via email um, and they do it day after day absolutely and it's also uh, one of the most um, high stress jobs in most industries is um, customer service and we Here's what I like to say as well is that we don't train customers in how to be a customer. There's no training for that. However, we do train our customer service professionals. And so I'd like to think about it as if we have a challenging, a challenging situation with a customer for us in that moment to realize that we're the ones who are trained, we're the ones who are prepared. The customer is the customer. And, you know, you've heard that phrase, you know, the customer is always right. And I've decided to change that with my clients. And I say the customer is the customer. That does not, they're not always right. And neither are we. That's not the point. The point is, is that we want to do every single thing we can to show respect for the customer, to show appreciation, and then to help solve that customer's problem. So I am very careful about, you know, setting some boundaries around the fact that these are our customers and where they don't go to training to learn how to deal with us. That's our job to do that. I know yeah. that that is uh, a bit of a stretch for some people, Will, but let me just tell you, it has worked for my clients, I'm proud to say. Well, I think um, I think one people one thing people should bear in mind um, it's around that the customer is always right. I think one way of looking at it is, in their mind, they are right. Whatever situation is going on, that customer thinks they are right. If they can't find some information on the website, as as far as they're concerned, it's not there, and they are right about that because they can't find it, which means there's a problem on the website. You know, so yeah, it's it, it's not. I think, yeah, it's just a different view on that a little mm-hmm. bit in that you know, yes. in, in their mind, the reason they've come to you is because there's a problem. They are correct about there being a problem. They might have just have missed something. They might just be wrong in that they've not found the right solution for it. Okay. that I, I made a note of that. In their mind, they are right. You just taught me something that I had not 
um, thought about before. And I mean, I not let's say I totally accept that. It's not that I, I'm I didn't have to process that at all. Is what I mean. Will good point yeah. in their mind, they are right. Period. Yeah. I got it. Good point. Yeah, good. Thank you. <laughs> um, have you got a Have you got any particular favorite customer service story? And uh, you might not. Maybe you don't want to mention the brand, but have you got a particular bad customer service story that you that comes to mind that you could give an example of what not to do? Yes. So um, this has happened to me, and I'm sure it's happened to others as well. Is um, I had a customer service interaction, however, it was related to me um, headed back to my hometown in Alabama for a funeral. And so in the process of this interaction, it was at a bank. And so it was, you know, the, the, the informal conversation, it was very clear that we'd had a death in our family and I was headed to, to Alabama for a funeral. And it was relevant to the, to the uh, interaction that we had. So we went about the interaction. And at the end of the interaction, the person, the person at the bank said, have a great weekend. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my. Yes, yes, yes. So I just thought to myself that is your standard uh Friday sign off with your with customers. However, it was probably not the best choice for me. Yeah. So just ima- yeah, and just imagine um think about someone who calls a company and is having challenges with their medication, transportation, something critical to their lives. And, um, you know, um, you know, a family situation, medical, transportation, just go down the list. And then at the end of the interaction, the person says, well, you have a nice evening. You know, it's like, well, no, um, things aren't. I'm not going to have a nice evening because I don't have my medication. I'm having trouble with my transportation. I just lost my job or whatever it is. So for me, it's the the notion that we want to make sure that we are thoughtful and intentional about the way we communicate with customers and that we demonstrate to our customers that we hear you. We've heard you. We pay attention and and get this. You're not a ticket. You're not a number. You are a real human being on the other side. Yeah, it can, yeah, it can just be that final that final moment where you default back to kind of your template, and you just say the wrong thing as an ending. You know, if obviously the rest of the experience has been fantastic, it might not ruin the experience, but it's gonna, you know, it's you're gonna remember that and yes. kind of it's not gonna end the conversation on a high. Um, but what about a favorite? Have you got or a, a positive one? Positive story. Yes. So a positive story. Um, I had an opportunity to listen to a um, a recorded call, which is what I do with my clients in co- what we call call calibration sessions. And um, I have heard some really delightful um, thank yous from customers where they are so appreciative of, of what the customer service professional has done for them. But I heard one that I had never heard before. And um, I, I like using this one as an example. The customer was so overwhelmed by the great 
customer service that they received, that they were almost at a loss for words. And they kept trying to verbalize it. And they, they, you know, just kept getting stuck. And finally, the customer said, I want to give you an electronic hug. That's, that's pretty good. Pretty good uh, response. Yes. yes. Well, that one has stayed with me. I have I've, I have congratulated that customer service um, professional many times. And um, I, there was just just to watch that process. It's like I'm grasping for words. Your service was more than I have the words to express. So the only thing I can think of is to give you an electronic hug. And I would like for everyone to know that that was before the pandemic. So it wasn't like a virtual hug like we do now because of the pandemic. No, this was well before the pandemic. And that is what that customer said. And I just that 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 one of of all of the ones I've heard in over 20 years, that's the one that that one ranks number one. Yeah, that's definitely a definitely a good story. Um, I think uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure I can't remember the exact story, but I, I'm pretty sure when I, I did custom service for a startup um, while I was in marketing, so I was the marketing manager there. I was either covering for customer service or doing the kind of fortnightly uh, allocation that I had to do. Um, and someone complained, got in touch complaining about the service. Can't remember what the complaint was, but she wanted to cancel. And somehow within those interaction, customer service interactions, I managed to convince her to stay as a paying customer without saying anything related to that. So I wasn't pushing for her to stay on. I didn't give her a discount or anything. But at the end of it, she went, oh, do you know what? I'll, um, yeah, I don't need to cancel. You've, you've sorted this out. So there's kind of a, yeah, you, you always get a good feeling um, about that when you, when you when you just change someone's mind on the Good for you. Yes, good for um, you. Do you th- do you see any big trends coming up in the way uh, businesses approach customer service or or what kind of customers are demanding from it? Um, possibly in terms of things like technology as well. Yes, um, that's exactly where I was headed as well. Is um, the big trends right now are to- toward uh, being a multi-channel, having a multi-channel approach to uh, customer service. So where Companies are offering um, not only voice, telephone, but also email, chat, social media, even texting for customer service. So we're making a making a transition. I will say what my concern, of course, with that is what we, you and I talked about earlier. That is that we want to make sure that even with the written. Um, communication that we are paying attention to our words and our tone in customer service. Also that we are paying attention to what the consumers, customers are telling us, which is that no matter the channel, I'm still expecting to be treated like a human. And regardless of the channel, I would like to know that everyone I'm in touch with in your organization knows about every single communication I've sent about this issue. And so those are, the trend is there toward multi-channels and right behind the trend wheel, we see the customer requests based on those surveys that I mentioned earlier through gladly.com and other companies as well. 
the, the, the consistent theme is we want to be treated like human beings. We are not robots. You may use AI, artificial intelligence. However, you're not, you are talking to a human being. And that is so important because oftentimes, as you and I know, because it's automated, we write it as though we're writing it to a robot. And it's not that way at all. So that's the trend. And those are the expectations that follow that trend. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I, I definitely, I hate chatbots, um, kind of automated uh, or AI-driven chatbots. I, I never find them useful. Um, most of the time, I will try and deliberately click the options that I think are going to direct me to the point where it says, speak to an agent. Because they're just, you know, they're not very good. They don't solve your problem. Um, and I think in a lot of cases, businesses, businesses have viewed them as a cost-saving um, tool. You know, in, instead of hiring five customer service agents so that we can do you know, almost 24-7, maybe it needs more than five, but almost 24-7 customer service, let's have one or two who cover kind of those core hours, but actually we just have a chatbot doing the rest. And it just, it, I'd be surprised if it's working for, for many businesses at all, really. Absolutely. Kind of, I guess, some some kind of personal preferences or, or opinions from you. Do you, have, do you have any pet peeves when it comes to marketing, um, maybe as a consumer? Yes, um, I do, in fact. <laughs> and I can also use, um, you know, feedback that I've heard over all these years from from other customers as well, is that even in marketing, it's about the customer. It's a, There's a difference between telling all of the wonderful things that your company, your organization, your product can do. That's great. The question is, how does that, how is that going to help me solve a problem or meet a need in my life? So I find that I am even more attracted to the customer, the, pardon me, the companies that tell me about their product but they tell it to me in the context of my life. So, yeah, so we talked about customer service being about the customer. Well, marketing is about the customer as well. And the other, the other thing for marketing is for all of us to learn to listen more and talk less. Um, I was in a situation recently where someone was giving me a suggestion about my business. and you know, it would have been easy for me to start, you know, making the case and, um, you know, justifying why I made that decision and so forth. But I, I chose to just be quiet. And instead of start me starting to talk, I started asking questions. You know, that's, that's an interesting suggestion you just made. Tell me more about that. I'd like to hear more. And how would that be helpful to you? And I just sort of stepped back. And when I stepped back, I suspended all of my viewpoints about why I made that decision and really listened to these uh, people who were giving me this feedback. And um, it was just another reminder for me of the importance for those of us who are promoting our businesses, selling, marketing and so forth to do more listening than we do talking. 
Yeah, completely agree with you there. I think not nearly enough businesses just e- even run kind of customer surveys to find out what people are thinking. And it, it comes across very automated. I've actually recently returned a few items that I, that I bought over kind of December. And actually, sorry, that's not true. One, one item, but this is a different story. I never even actually purchased in the end. But, these, but two of these companies, they both sent me emails asking me to review my purchase despite the fact that for both of them, well, one of them, the the, uh, the order ended up getting cancelled and, and so I never actually received it in the first place. But the other one I, I returned and yet both businesses asked me for feedback on the product um, and the experience. And I thought, well, you know I've returned this product so it can't have been that great. Don't Instead of asking me to leave a review on Trustpilot, get someone from customer service to reach out to me to find out what, you know, what went wrong? Why did I return the product? So yeah, I, I do. I agree that I think there's not enough listening, finding out what customers really want, and then and then trying to tailor the business towards that. All right, well, Charlotte, that was really amazing stuff. I think as hopefully it's come across throughout the episode, you know, customer service is really really important. And businesses need to stop seeing it as just that little function that just gets put in place and, and does its thing. Um, if people want to find out more from you or, or get in touch, what's what's the best way to do that? Oh, I would welcome the opportunity to hear from you and your listeners, Will. And uh, probably the best way to contact me um, would be through my website. So I invite um, everyone to visit my website, which is um, charlottepurvis.com. And um, there's an opportunity there for you to send me a personal message. And uh, when you do, make sure you let me know that you heard me on uh, Will's podcast. That would mean a lot. Um, You can also, you're also invited to follow me on Twitter um, at Speaker C Purvis. And um, I would be happy to have you join us there as well. Awesome. Great great stuff. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for the invitation. If you're a marketer and you're not close to customer service, you need to change that urgently. It is without a doubt the best place to start understanding your customers, the problems they're facing, which brought them to your website and the problems they face with your website itself. You'll, You'll learn what messaging and what experiences are important to them. This will go on to affect your advertising, your on-site experience, the post-purchase experience. And the best thing, it costs you nothing except a little bit of your time. Just think of it as an investment. There are loads of resources out there for marketers looking to get more value from customer service, including Charlotte's book. So definitely go check that out. If you'd like to learn more, please do reach out to Charlotte on LinkedIn or via her website, charlottepurvis.com. I'll stick a link on the podcast website as well. Finally, with any podcast feedback, please tweet me at Will Lawrenson. Next week, I've got Damien Root with me, and we're going to be talking about gamification and how brands can keep customers or employees engaged with quizzes and games. But until then, keep those customers clinging.